0: What is good everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast Network production. I'm Rob stats Guerrera. He is Levin Black. Levin, it's Thursday. The Combine is happening. We got news flowing in and out. It's a fun time in the offseason.
1: Yeah, I used to really
0: love the Combine.
1: Like I was the junkie that when they first started putting it on TV, <laughs> I literally would watch 40 to 50 hours of that content straight. When they used to just like live stream it all day long. Cause in the beginning they didn't have like all the analysis and try to turn it into like a true prime time exciting thing they were just like here's a video of everybody working out and that was it uh but yeah i, I love the combine it's a little harder to get into it this year because the niner's own draft to the third like i i've seen people throw out their mock drafts for the 49ers it's like i don't care you have no clue what's going on <laughs> i don't know any of these people
0: <laughs> It's, uh, it's a little different, but you got to go for the deep cuts this year. Uh, we'll get to some of the news coming out of the Combine, uh, but first we got to talk about Trey Lance and this whole Brock Purdy S2 cognitive test stuff because something doesn't smell right, Levin. Something stinks, and I don't like it. And it's not me. <laughs> well, thank God we're in separate <laughs> states. For people that don't know, Matt Barrows wrote a column in The Athletic this week about Brock Purdy and the S two cognitive test is this, this cognitive test that he took where he scored like in the 95th percentile, which means he was better than 95% of the people that took this test. And the article from Barrows was essentially saying like, this is a, this test is a good sign for the type of player that you're going to be in the NFL. And maybe Brock Purdy's rise. Shouldn't have been such a surprise. And in the article, he asked, he talks about Trey Lance's score and he quotes one of the co-founders of the company, Brandon Alley. And the quote was, he couldn't reveal the exact number, but said Lance scored well and quoted Alley again and said, Lance is not in the Brock Purdy range, but he didn't score poorly. Which that surprised me when I read it, because everything we heard about Lance was that he was so great cognitively. Did that surprise you?
1: Uh, yes and no. It would have surprised me if you told me right off the bat, hey, Purdy scored better than Lance and Lance wasn't in his range. But if you told me first, hey, Purdy was like 95th percentile and Lance didn't score as well, I'd be like, well, yeah,
0: it's kind of hard to beat that. (laughs) Right. That's true. So that article came out and then there was kind of speculation among some content creators uh on Twitter about like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on with Trey Lance's score in this article that doesn't seem right? Marco Martinez was pretty skeptical of how Lance's Can I just say, uh Hmm, content creators doing
1: the job that used to be done by the reporters. Like that literally is something it's newsworthy, it's timely. Like it checks all the box, you know, Mm -hmm. when, when you go to journalism school, they teach you, I think it was seven key values to whether or not you should cover something and this checks every box. And yet it was the content creators who aren't paid, (laughs) uh, for their full-time job to hunt down the actual facts of this.
0: So yes, Marco Martinez reached out to Brandon Alley and had him on his show, uh, clutch gene sports and asked specifically about Lance and Marco said, I heard he was in the elite range as well. Here's the clip from that interview with Brandon Alley.
2: Trey was closer to Brock than the 80th percentile. So that makes sense. So they're both, so the 80th percent, because the, the article. that Look, from, from a cognitive perspective, I'll be honest with you. San Francisco has two really, really good quarterbacks to work with there i don't know that it's an either or kind of thing both of those guys from a cognitive perspective again there's so much that goes into success right you've got to have the physical skills the arm talent you've got to have the psychological makeup some of these kids don't like contact some of these, and i'm not saying one over the other there there's just so many things that go into being successful successful nfl quarterback that aren't cognitive related they aren't physical it's just a mixture of them all and so Both of those quarterbacks scored in the elite range, and I can confirm that Trey scored closer to Brock than he did that the bottom eight that 80th cutoff line.
0: Levin, that's a little different than what was portrayed in the article. It's one thing to say Lance scored well, but wasn't didn't score with the way Brock scored, and it's another to say Trey Lance was also elite and he was closer to where Brock was than the cutoff of that 80th percentile. Right. So I mean, if you connect the dots
1: there, it means Lance scored somewhere in the high 80s percentile, percentile-wise, right. which is really, really darn or good. low
0: 90s, you know, whatever. It's in that range.
1: Technically, he could have gotten in the low 90s, but I feel like if he was in the low 90s, he would have said they were in the same range. Maybe. You know what I mean? Because uh, if I remember correctly, the actual article mentions 90 as a cutoff that very, very few quarterbacks mm-hmm. get above. Um. But yeah, so first off, shout out to Marco for yes. getting that. And if you want to see the full video, you can go to his page. He's got the entire video on his page. But um, it, it's it's troubling to me because it's one of the writers I think I respected the most. And he dropped the ball on this. There's no other way around it. Either he had an agenda and he purposely edited the article to make Lance look worse, which is very odd and... Uh, to put it nicely, troubling because you have to wonder what the motives are there. Why would he have an agenda, or he just flat out dropped the ball and didn't bother to get it, uh, didn't bother to ask the question of exactly where he was, and didn't get it put into the same frame that Marco got. And if uh, a content creator that I, like I said, doesn't do this for full time is doing your job better than you, and you're the beat reporter, that that's
0: troubling for yourself. That's the problem I run into with this. I try to figure out how this could have happened. And the two conclusions I come to is either Matt Barrows was horribly irresponsible or Matt Barrows was horribly incompetent. And Matt Barrows is neither one of those things. He's my favorite 49ers beat writer. He's been really good for a really long time. That's why I'm so surprised at this specifically, because it seems so out of character for him. And but I just I don't know how you don't get that information because it's like like you yeah. said he either didn't ask which how could you not ask the whole 49ers off season is set up as trey versus brock right that's what it is and matt knows this so he's been around the mm-hmm. team so how could you not specifically say how did trey lance score the only thing i could think of is that maybe brandon alley wasn't as descriptive with Barrows for whatever reason as he was with marco that's the only explanation yeah. I could think of. I mean, it's possible that he didn't think
1: that this would blow up like it did. And after it blew up, he was willing to give more details than he was to Barrows. Uh, but yeah, I, I can understand if Barrows just didn't think to ask and push to get a more finite answer on Lance, that's forgivable. It's a mistake, but it's forgivable. It's if he had an agenda and he's purposely editing things to put Purdy in a better light and Lance in a worse light that to me is not forgivable that is straight out having a bias in your reporting and that is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to have when you're the beat writer there's a difference between a columnist and a beat writer and the difference is bias
0: i don't think that i can't think that matt just said i'm gonna railroad trey lance and i'm gonna make brock look good like i really I don't think the more I think about it, I think that either Brandon Alley just was not was very evasive because sometimes they're like super protective with these super secret scores and we Mm -hmm. can release Joe Burrow's score because he said it's okay and all this stuff. And by the way, S2 doesn't work with the 49ers. Barrows also said that uh, later on after it kind of blew up a little bit. Um, But I just think it was very, very strange. And I also think that barrows needs to write another article and he needs to cite marco's interview and he needs to say look trey lance is right up there because marco's interview is not getting nearly as much attention as that article from barrows and that ain't right because that that's not fair to trey i haven't seen any of the beat reporters report on that interview from marco and they should be
1: every single one of them branch mayoko they should all be writing about oh the 49ers actually have two great and telling the story of what's happened in the past week. I don't get why they're not. And I think I know why. Ooh. I just don't agree with it. They don't want to admit a content creator did their job better <laughs> than them. Because writing that article, you have to admit that. You might try to phrase it differently, but everybody would be able to pick up on, wow, a content creator did this better than you.
0: And look at this. Right now, the pinned tweet on Matt Barrow's account is that Brock Purdy article it's right there. So it's like, he's not running away from this. Like he's touting this as like, look at this. This is the story. Mm -hmm. If you click on my account, the one thing I want you to see is this. And it's, I think it's fair to say he was misrepresenting Trey Lance's performance on that test.
1: While you got that up, uh, why didn't you go to your DMS? Let's see. who has been messaging you. I don't have any DMS. You don't have any dms i know that's a lie because you deemed well today. yeah but
0: i don't have any new ones i thought oh, i thought you were new ones. yeah no we can't go to my dad. are you serious let's stop this share real quick okay that's good um but yeah no that really bugs me because i feel like it does yeah it's almost a pattern with trey lance right we didn't know about him lining up incorrectly until we found out about it from tim kawakami now to kind of you know bolster his point about trey not being ready and and the criticism of trey lance that has come down after four freaking starts i don't know what it is about this kid who seems to be super nice to everybody and super hardworking and all of the stuff that you would want but it seems like for whatever reason some people i don't know he gets a lot of criticism i'll just say that it's odd uh i, I don't know what
1: the motivations are there there's certainly some things that come to mind, but I have no idea if that would be true. And I don't want to go there because I have no idea. I, you know, I haven't met a lot of these beat reporters in person, um, but I do find it troubling the way the reporting has been. Uh, and I, I hope it changes because there's no reason. It's not that they have to sit here and praise Trey Lance. Like you and I both hate that side yep. of it. We both hate the people that are bootlickers. Uh, in which we see on Twitter, everybody knows who they are. It drives me nuts as much as this drives me nuts. Like, just be honest. That's it. You just got to be honest. If you're honest, I'll like you, and I might be nobody, but But,
0: (laughs) it's something. If nothing else, right, edit your article and say, Brandon Alley wasn't as specific with me. He later did an interview with Marco Martinez that where he said Lance scored in the elite, like you can, you can change the article, right? It's not set in stone. He You got to do something. They won't. No, they won't. There is definitely the 49ers media. I don't know if it
1: exists in other fan bases because I don't follow other fan bases, but there is definitely a very big line in the sand between the beat reporters and the content. Creators. Yes, the beat reporters for the 49ers despise and resent the content. Yes, creators. they do. And one in particular, Eric Branch, likes to tweet that out and poke at the content creators. He's done that twice this off-season already, just in the off-season, talking about the content creators. Like, why? Why why can't it be like, you know, one big team? Everybody's trying to report the news. Like, why does it have to be, you guys are up here on some kind of pedestal? Which is what it feels like to me. That a lot of the 49ers, true media, uh, everybody but Grant, honestly, uh, feel like they're on a pedestal and that they're better and they're above it's like that doesn't belong i don't know if it exists in other fan bases but the 49ers do have a very unique and in my opinion really good content creator base like yes i've never seen it before and that
0: includes you know you and me there's us the marco i mean there's so many to name john chapman grant i mean grant's a little different because he also covers the team um But
1: But, I mean, there's so many things like we have gold standard network. There's 49ers hive. There's 49ers web zone. And there's so many others out there. Like,
0: I feel like it is a unique fan base in that way. It's a totally separate community. And I agree. There's tension there. And I, I think because like you said, it, there's a little bit of, Hey, there's more meat on this bone. It's something I point out constantly. And you know, nobody likes getting exposed when they not doing what they should be doing so i just think that's really weird and i hope we get some sort of update again i like matt Barrows. i respect matt Barrows. he is my favorite 49ers beat writer but something stinks on this one i'm going to reach out to matt and see if he'll come on because i'd love to pick his brain and just say like dude what happened like how could you have done this i bet you he doesn't but i'll reach out and we'll see what he says um it- <laughs> It
1: would be funny if his explanation is, well, I had something in there, but my editor took it out. (laughs) Who's
0: his editor again?
1: (laughs) Gee, I wonder. uh, The exact type of person who does this type Mm. of thing. Uh, The type of person that likes to stir the pot and create a sensational piece. You know, that is not Matt's uh, forte. That's not what he likes to do. He honestly likes to be the exact opposite, I think. You know, I I think he is very much a throwback to beat reporters where he's perfectly happy if you don't even notice that
0: byline. You don't even notice his name attached to it. You just got the facts and that's it. And we've had him on this show before. So at least well, I know I've interviewed him, I don't know if you were there for that, but like he's come on with me before. So it's like, you know, he doesn't have disdain for us. Obviously, he wouldn't have come on if he did. You might know. <laughs> That's true. Next thing I want to get to, <laughs> I thought this was really, really interesting. The NFLPA asked players to rank teams in like eight different categories as a way to, like, as a tool for them, basically, like when you're deciding where you're going to play or if you get drafted by a team, whatever, as a way to kind of evaluate the teams. And it was over 1,300 players, like I said, and the 49ers were seventh overall. So basically, like the seventh best team to work for in the NFL, according to players. There were eight different categories, and the Niners generally did pretty well in all the categories. One category, Levin, where the 49ers got a C plus. Their lowest grade was the training room, which is amazing to me, considering all the injuries that the 49ers have had but that got the lowest grade apparently it's too small there's not enough tables in there and uh that was the only kind of black mark on the rating system from the players and how the f is that possible (laughs) because this isn't the case of oh
1: they had their facility built in the 70s or 80s or even 90s and thus it's outdated and there's just nowhere to expand to This was built in the 2010s when Levi's was being built. It is new. There's no excuse for that. Like, I can understand if, like, you got low marks. I wouldn't like it. But if you got low marks on just, like, how much you're willing to spend, like, the food, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, that's just a cheap owner. But when you built brand-new facilities, both practice and stadium, and you built them on the same site, and you got to pretty much handpick exactly what you wanted, and you come up with a too small of a training room, and you're the most injured team in the entire league. That's just odd, <laughs> uh, troubling. Maybe they don't get it. Figure it out. Expand the damn building. I, I don't just know. Make the <laughs> like, room bigger. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's some kind of like locked in where, oh, we can't take the, we can't make this room bigger without tearing down a wall and making this part smaller. Tear it down. But. Uh, like you built this 10 years ago. Like you knew how important this type of stuff was. How did this happen?
0: I don't get it. Um It's and there's a line in the overview. You can go to each individual team on the NFLPA website and there's an overview for each team. And it says Jed York ranked seventh among team owners for his willingness to invest money into upgrading the facilities. So there is a belief that investment will be made to ensure these areas are upgraded to meet the high standards set by the rest of the 49ers facilities. But it's like you just said, what's he waiting for? Like, This is not new. The injury problems the 49ers have had. And look, I'm not saying that a bigger training room would have fixed all the 49ers injury problems or anything like that, but it just seemed. It wouldn't have hurt. Right. Like
1: if you're, th- this is the way I look at it. If you're going on damn near a decade now of being the most injured team in the league, I would be doing everything in my power to make a better chance of being healthy. And the 49ers apparently haven't done that. Now, they did get an A- minus for training staff. And that makes sense because they have completely overhauled the training staff twice in the last, like, I think, eight years. Because it happened just before uh, Shanahan came in. And then they've done it one more time in the Shanahan era. So they've, they have the staff. It just seems like they don't have the facilities. Like you said, I don't think that's causing more injuries necessarily, but it certainly at least keeps the door open for maybe it does. And why have a maybe at this point? Right. You've had, what,
0: seven years to fix it. And it seems like Jed York has been willing to spend money. I know he spent a ton of money fixing the playing surface in Levi's because it was horrible when it first opened and he spent a ton of money and now it's one of the best in the league. So we have actual proof of Jed York saying this is a problem and we need to fix it, except in this case. And like you said, I'm sure there's architecturally, there's something, but like whatever teams renovate their buildings all the time. Money is no issue for the 49ers. They are rolling in money. So like, what are we doing here? And again, it's not like I'm outraged or anything like that. I just thought it was interesting. Um, If you're interested in some of the other grades that the 49ers had, uh, they got a B plus for treatment of families, a minus for food service, a minus for the weight room, a for strength coaches, a minus for the training staff. Like you said, Levin, B plus for the locker room and a minus for team travel. So all the other marks are pretty damn good.
1: Right. The B plus for treating families probably would have been an A plus,
0: except for those families have to buy property in the Bay Area, <laughs> That's true. no, they um, they are one of fourteen teams that do not offer a family room, so that mm. could be a potential issue. Uh, look, childcare is a huge thing. It's so hard to travel anywhere with children. The more help you can get, the better. So I totally understand that uh, perspective. Um, Post game gathering area though was ranked first. Like they're up there in like all the other categories. The only thing that was really bad was the training room, and it just stood out to me because it seems like. It's an easy fix. You know what's amazing to
1: me? I got thirteen hundred players to respond. Like do the math on that. Fifty-three man roster. That's like twenty-four teams full rosters. So that that's quite literally like seventy-five percent of the league responded to this.
0: It's a. I mean, it's a great thing. Like, look, I'm looking for a job right now. I love being able to hear from a company, people that work there. What's this really like? What's the culture? What are the facilities mm-hmm. like? it's great and nfl players you know i'm sure they all talk amongst themselves but to have like a very formalized tool like this that they can use is a great idea from the nflpa
1: yeah i mean i can other companies do it please <laughs>
0: right. please rate your food on a scale of a to f
1: <laughs> like I, I i would love to have like verified concrete evidence that yes this company would be worth working for and this company would not Because all of the studies that exist out there, uh, you you don't know the truth behind them. That's true. (laughs) Because there there are companies out there that claim, oh, yes, we've gotten all these surveys from employers and we have our rankings and and all of a sudden it's like, I don't believe you have enough of uh, a body of evidence to actually know. There's too many companies out there, all that stuff.
0: The weird thing is... You can't just be like, oh, who are the successful teams? All oh, they all grade high. The Chiefs were 29th out of 32, and they just won the Super Bowl. Uh, that's
1: not overly surprising. I have worked for that family. What? When? <laughs> uh, Lamar Hunt is the brother of the guy for the company I used it, to work for. in North Why do
0: you always do this? How do you always have some <laughs> sort of work <laughs> nugget? That you've... I, I worked for Petro Hunt. The hunt
1: is the fact that he's Lamar Hunt's (laughs) brother. He's the brother, the one I worked for, that nearly went bankrupt in the 70s because he and another one of their brothers literally tried to corner the entire silver market. At one point, I think they bought something like 70% of the entire silver market, and the US government figured it out because they used a bunch of like fake Mm -hmm. companies and all this, and they're literally trying to corner. Like you can literally go back to the price of silver and look at the graph and you'll see the spike all of a sudden. And it's when they tried to do that and the u.s government came in and cracked the whip on them took them down from monopolies made them basically sell off at huge losses fined them massively and so they're they're all uh the children of uh god i'm forgetting the name his name uh you know the show dallas you i know the there dallas? was
0: a show called dallas i'm not that old
1: you, you know the main old old guy no you don't know the main character of dallas the proprietary. No,
0: I'm 38. <laughs> when would I've seen oh Dallas?
1: God. The only
0: Dallas I know is the Cowboys.
1: You, you don't remember? Okay. So the main character in that, he's been in advertisements and all sorts of other stuff. He wears the hat. He has the accent on that. It's based on their father, because their father, like, I'm getting way off track here. But Lamar Hunt's father, and the father of the company I used to work for, his owner. The way he made his money is he was a gambler, and in uh, I think it was in Vegas, on a poker game, he won the oil rights to all of West Texas because somebody had it before the before that uh, market went boom, and then it went boom went right after he got all the rights, and so he was able to like literally use it, sell some portions for tons of money. At the time of his death, one he's believed to be the first ever true billionaire. Too at the time of his death, he was believed to be by far the wealthiest guy ever. So all of his children went off and got all his money, and that's where Lamar Hunt got his money from.
0: H. L. Hunt, yes, Haroldson Lafayette Hunt Jr. Technically, um, well, that's a crazy story. And once again, Levin just has tales yes. from tales of employment from Levin Black. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that they didn't they didn't
1: offer Chiefs tickets. They offered uh, we. If you went, our headquarters were in Dallas. If you went to Dallas, you could go to a Mavs game or you could go to a Rangers game because they had box seats that if you put in a request, if you were coming for a visit, you could potentially get those. But they didn't have Chiefs, even though his brother owned the team.
0: Weird. (laughs) Uh, If you're wondering, by the way, the other teams in the NFC West, Seattle was highest. They were 11th. uh, Highest after the 49ers, I should say. They were 11th. The Rams were 25th and the Arizona Cardinals 31st. (laughs)
1: and how in the F are those two teams so low because the Rams they got their brand new everything the Chiefs it's not that old it's only a little bit older than the 49ers and there's nothing but land in Phoenix so it's not like it's as hard as in san francisco or la to buy up enough land to have good facilities
0: they got a d in treatment of uh, families they got a the rams got a d in food service a c in weight room a d plus in training room a d in locker room
1: is it worth all of that to not be in st louis
0: (laughs) (laughs) and they can't even sell out their own stadium so that's a shame but anyway i well, they can if they play a good enough team. I mean, yeah. Because <laughs> they're fans. But are so I mean, like to... <laughs> you hear, you know, players talk about the 49ers and how they're such a good uh, organization and all that. And right. this, this backs it up. Like this isn't just them like puffery in an interview somewhere. This is like legit a tool that players are going to use. And it's nice to see the – because let's be honest, there were times when this organization was a joke and a laughing stock, And they weren't that long ago.
1: That is true, but, I mean, this doesn't surprise me at all. This is the team that they have an East Coast trip. They literally stay in a luxurious yeah. uh, resort for the in-between week. Like I said, that resort's like four hours for me. I looked it up the this Greenbrier. past year, and I was like, yeah, I thought, well, maybe I'll get a room. The cheapest room is like $500 <laughs> a night. I was like, I don't think I'm going to get a room there. Come on, Levin, you're <laughs> rolling in that
0: gas money.
1: Huh. Uh, well, you you could pay me
0: i could pay you i don't have any money (laughs) i don't even have a job with what am i gonna i could pay you with peanuts (laughs) i could pay you oh man all right um sb nation could have done it well they could have
1: put it that way you could have convinced your old bosses sb
0: nation could have done a lot of things but they didn't like sell ads so I'm going to skip over that. John Lynch at the combine. Was there anything he said about Brock or Trey Lance that caught your eye? He talked at the podium. He also spoke with Matt Mayoko and said that the, yeah, I know the only thing that Lance needs to do to develop to exactly the player they thought he was going to be is play, which when I heard that, I was like, all right, the Niners need to stop talking about the quarterback situation because now they're just contradicting themselves because I felt like that contradicted what he said at the podium, but if they believe that, then they better start him over Brock Purdy, right? I mean, if you gave up heaven and earth to get this guy, you took him third overall in the draft, and all you think he needs to play is reps, then why would you ever put him on the bench?
1: All of John Lynch's comments from this past week lead me to one thing. They know Purdy's not playing. Oh, really? Or they think it's very unlikely that he's going to be able to play this season. And that means their only chance is Trey Lance because the tune has changed. It is suddenly, well, Trey Lance, we really believe in him. He, you know, all he has to do is play to be really good. Oh, he. you know, I think he said things along the lines of, oh, Trey Lance, you know, he, he he's doing a lot of the right things. He's exactly the type of person you'd want to be. He's great at leadership. You know, he's basically building them up. It, it seems like to me that there's been a shift in the team's thoughts that okay we need to instill as much confidence in Trey Lance because we don't think Purdy's going to be available this season so we need Trey Lance to be the real deal in order to win a Super Bowl that's what it says to me
0: that's surprising because I feel like most people did not come away I came away with it like if they could pick and if everybody was healthy that Brock would be the guy that they like Brock more than Trey that
1: that that's not necessarily untrue that's true but I think they they think that it's unlikely Purdy will be able to play at least in the beginning. Like at this point, Purdy can't play until a few weeks into the season, best case scenario. The fact that he's had to delay his surgery and the swelling, they still haven't been able to narrow down. Like even people are taking it as a positive sign that like you have here that Lynch said, yeah, he's supposed to meet with the doctor next week and uh, could have surgery. It's like, well, that means they still don't know. Cause that means he still has swelling because if the swelling was gone, it would be, he's having surgery next
0: week. Yeah, the meeting is to determine, can we do the surgery yet?
1: Right. So to me, I think they're looking at it as it's very unlikely Purdy's going to be able to play. That The signs are pointing to he's going to be out the season. So we need to do everything we can to give Train Lance the best opportunity possible to be in the real deal because there's nobody on the free agent market that we can afford that we will be able to win a Super Bowl with.
0: And he did say, thanks to our own Jason Aponte, that the Niners will have to look into the quarterback market to insulate themselves. That's their new favorite yeah. phrase uh, against quarterback injuries I mean, this year.
1: I, I, sh- I should say there are a few quarterbacks out there that would sign to be a backup. That I think the Niners at least have some chance of still winning a Super Bowl in a almost Joe Flacco esque way, which we know very well. That oh, here's this mediocre quarterback who had some crazy hot streak in the playoffs and his team was able to win the Super Bowl but the only reason why the team was in the playoffs and had all those opportunities is because everything else on the team was carrying <laughs> the quarterback
0: yeah I think I think if you're gonna do that you can't be in the Super Bowl against one of these freakish quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes right like you can't really play any better than Jalen hurts played in the Super Bowl against the chiefs dude had four total touchdowns well he- no but The defense could play better. (laughs) No, but like, that's my point is that like, even if you have a quarterback that can go God mode, so to speak, and even if he does in the biggest spot, you still might not win if you're going up against another quarterback that can do the same thing. So if you're going to go with one of these veterans, like we're talking about, yeah, they can be good enough to win a super bowl, but only if you're playing against somebody that's not Patrick Mahomes, you need to play against like, you know, I don't know. Joe Burrow, who's still really good, but just not quite at that level. You need to play against Tua. of would be a perfect example. There's,
1: there's a reason why. Like 49ers, I've put out the tweet. I saw you responded to it. I responded to it. Would you trade, I think it was what, Nick Boza, Fred and Warner, and George Kittle for, for Mahomes? It's like, what? This isn't even a question. Immediately. <laughs> I would trade, literally name any other players on my team. You want 10 other players? I'll give you
0: 10 other players for Patrick. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, Warner, Bosa, and Kittle. First of all, Kittle. Like, are you serious? That's like not even. It doesn't even count to me as like a part of the trade. I, I would like you can. The Chiefs just won a
1: Super Bowl with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. The defense wasn't good. The wide receivers aren't good. The offensive line was okay, but I mean that's kind of like the Peyton Manning effect, where Patrick Mahomes makes them look Agreed. a lot better than they really are. Like, they, they had a bad tackle all season long, and then suddenly he got good in the playoffs. But, like, to me, I will give you everything you ask for other than, like, every single draft pick I have for the next three years and my entire roster, you know. If you want my, the rest of my roster, I'll give you the rest of my roster because you can't win a Super Bowl without a great quarterback in today's NFL. It's very, 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 very unlikely. It used to be, yeah, if you have a good defense, you can still win a Super Bowl with Trent freaking Dilfer. That's not the case anymore. You're not winning with a Trent Dilfer. You might be able to win. Jimmy Garoppolo basically could luck into a Super Bowl if everything else stayed dominant. Like I think that's the minimum. Yeah. And you have to have. But things have changed, and finding a truly elite quarterback, let alone the generational talent that Mahomes is, is next to impossible. You could spend 20 years finding one you could be the bears and never have had one. <laughs> how dare you disrespect.
2: <laughs> Luckman? like that's history. their best one.
1: Their, their best one, Sid Luckman from like the fifties. But like that was before they were truly passing league. Like he was good for his era, but it wasn't like, Oh, they're winning because of him. He's their only hall of fame quarterback. If I'm not
0: mistaken. Yeah. I don't even know how many like pro bowl quarterbacks they've had since then, but yeah. So the Niners, they'll, The quarterback situation, like you said, I thought you had the best point about this, and I've been giving you a lot of credit for it. They got to know by March 13th, when the new league year starts, what the time frame is for Brock Purdy. They Mm -hmm. have to know. And you're right. John Lynch has been saying a lot of like, well, the time frames are the time frames, and every person is different, and they're kind of guidelines. you know. Now, you could argue maybe he thinks Brock will be back before six months, but maybe not. Maybe it's the other side. Maybe he's saying it's going to take a little longer than six months.
1: Like I said, his comments this week saying we certainly have to look into quarterback uh, uh, free agents. He didn't just say we have to look into options. He, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he he had an extra line in there that made it clear that they need to go for our top one. Because he said something like we can't count on or even though we have Brock and Lance, we still need to look at options. That tells you what they think. Because if they thought there was a good chance Purdy's back by week three or four – they wouldn't be going for a backup quarterback of any note because they would go, okay, Lance gets three or four weeks and then we'll have Purdy back. The fact that they are outright saying, yeah, we need to look at other quarterbacks because we can't rely on what we have
0: tells you what they think about Purdy's Think injury. about what's coming up for the 49ers, right? So now you've got Brock Purdy. Hopefully a Super Bowl title. but Well, no, but like, let's say I'm just trying to glance at the <laughs> counter. Why don't I just take my phone out so then I don't have to turn my head so people don't have to see that. But, like, just look at the calendar. So Brock's going to meet next week with the surgeon. Let's say, best case scenario, he has the surgery next Wednesday or Thursday, right? That's just before the new league year opens. So the Niners are just going to have an idea of what the time frame is. And then, boom, Mm -hmm. new league year opens, free agency starts. It's, you know, it's like a horse race. Everybody jumps out of the gate at the same time. Six of the top ten free agents sign in the first 25 minutes, and, you know, we're off to the races, literally. Uh, So it's going to be an exciting 14, 15 days for this fan base. It'll
1: be very interesting to see their strategy because there's two different strategies here, right? The 49ers could say, no, we absolutely have to have a backup we can count on that we think could at least keep us afloat if he had to start and give us a chance at least. And so they hit the ground running and they try to get one right away or they go, "And there's eight guys we're okay with. We're going to give it a week and we'll see who didn't get the deal. They wanted and see if we can get somebody for cheaper.
0: It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be exciting.
1: I I will say this. If they sign a quarterback in the uh, tampering window, legal tampering window, because from the 13th and 14th teams can start negotiating, but free agency doesn't actually start to the 15th. If they announce they signed a backup quarterback in that window, that tells you what they think about Purdy.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Because uh, otherwise, they'll just wait out the market. I don't think that they will. Um, but, yeah, that would certainly be telling. And that's the other thing now. Like, we're going to get to the point where we can start analyzing what they do instead of just what they say. Right now, we, all we have is what they say. Once we can get to the point. Which means very little. Yes, with this exactly.
1: Regime. They love to say crap to the media and then not follow through because the media doesn't call them on it.
0: And now we content creators now do. We come full circle, baby. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Everybody, please rate, review, follow the gold standard podcast network and the Niners nation podcast network. I know you're tired of me saying that it's probably going to be another yes, I month. I'm, it's out of my hands. I'm doing my best, but just stick with us for now. Please like and subscribe to the YouTube page as well. No matter what happens, we will be here for you. Anything crazy happens, we will go live. We'll do instant reaction podcasts, and uh, we're going to start breaking down some of these uh, stars at the combine with Michelle. She's digging into it, so a lot of good stuff coming here. So you definitely want to subscribe and follow and be here with us. I promise we will make it worth your time. Eleven, well, I hope you have a fantastic week. <laughs> Yes, so do I. You? Wow. You very easily could. I just put that on a T for you to say, thanks, <laughs> you too, and you didn't. Well, I mean, you get to spend your week
1: in the basement still. Lucky me. You get to do whatever you want. Yeah, that's what comes
0: with being unemployed. <laughs> that's the one perk. That's the upside. <laughs> right. I'm getting in a little Spider-Man <laughs> on the PS4. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.